here today. Can you help me celebrate my friend, my brother, man of God that I love so very, very much and appreciate? He and I connected, I guess now almost a year and a half ago. Uh, we connected on a phone call, I think it was early November, and Pastor Parsley told me, you need to talk to Brian Bolton, you guys need to know each other. And we tried to connect, and we got on the phone, and I was on the phone for five minutes with your pastor, and I paused him. He was talking, he was talking good, Pastor Nelly, he was just, he was sharing some good stuff. I said, wait, I said, wait. I said, I just need you to know, officially from this day forward, you are my guy. You are my brother, and we're going to be tight for life. And I love him, and I celebrate him, and I honor him. Come on, put your hands together for the gift that you have in Pastor Brian and Pastor Natalie, who it was such a pleasure to meet on last year, and I just love them both so very, very much. Listen. One of the things that I've noticed um, is that when people really have an apostolic anointing on their lives, one of the greatest marks on them, more than miracles that I've noticed, more than the authority that they walk in, is the humility that they walk in. Uh, typically, when I run into people that are arrogant, they're rarely doing as much as the people who are humble. Your pastors walk in any environment, love on everybody, treat everybody with kindness. Listen, I don't just watch how people treat people who have microphones. When I'm around people, I'm watching how they treat people who are doing uh, wh whatever other tasks that some people wouldn't even think they wanted to do. I watch how they treat every single person because what it says is the value they put on God's people. And I'm thankful to be in the presence of leaders like that. I love them so much. And I celebrate them. I celebrate them to Pastor Bill, Pastor William, and his lovely wife and their family. We thank God for you. To the host of pastors and leaders here, I celebrate you guys. To the amazing, will you help me celebrate the pastoral staff and team here? You guys are extremely hospitable, and, uh, and I'm so thankful. Listen, we got to shout out Vanessa, you know, because whatever... <laughs> All we have needed, her hands have provided. <laughs> From espressos to medicine balls to all you need to make it work. We're just so grateful uh, for uh, just your hearts to serve and to do what you do. Uh, to this amazing worship team and band, come on, help me celebrate them. We honor you, love you, and appreciate you. You guys are awesome. Y'all get ready because we're going to have some fun all day today. Holy Ghost going to drop in this place in a minute, and, uh, and it's going to be wild, and it's going to be crazy, and it's going to be powerful. Then tonight, I want to give an invitation back. Uh, come tonight. We want to pray for you. We want to believe God for whatever's going on with you. Tonight, it is no holes barred. It's going to get wild. It's going to get crazy. It's going to be life-changing. And so if you've got somebody who doesn't believe in God, get them here. If you've got somebody who is on the ropes and on the verge of giving up, get them here tonight because I believe God is going to shift stories 
change narratives, heal bodies, restore marriages. He's going to do some of that in the room this morning. Somebody open your mouth if you believe that. Yep, come on, open your mouth. I feel something brewing. I feel something stirring in the atmosphere. Come on, somebody tell them there's a wave getting ready to sweep through this house. There's healing in it. Come on, tell somebody there's healing in the water. Yeah, it's in the water. It's in the water. There's a river broke out in here last night, and I believe that river's still flowing, and it's got healing in it. If you believe that, come on, open up your mouth and say yes, Jesus. Come on, open your mouth and say yes. Yes, 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 yes. To my amazing, amazing wife, my rib, who absolutely just blessed us beyond measure with the word of God last night. I'm going to tag her in in a minute. She'll help me kind of bring to conclusion what I believe God is going to say today. But I love her and I thank God for the privilege we have to run together in ministry. And she's hoping I don't give her the mic, but she might as well get over that. I'm going to give you this mic and run. <laughs> Y'all going to think he's running. He's got the Holy Ghost. No, nah, I'm just turning her loose. Amen. But I thank God for it. To my mother in love who is here, we thank God for you. We're so glad she got to hang out with us in Cali. We're thankful. Uh, my spiritual son, Tyler, is here. I love this young man. He's been... How many years you been around me now? Since you were seven, how old are you now? Be 25 at the end of the month, and don't worry, ladies, he's taken. Tell him he needs to make it official, though. He's got this sweet young lady who needs a ring, and spring is almost over. He needs to go ahead and marry that girl so she can get to Houston because she's anointed and we need her help. Amen? No. <laughs> But I love him. That's my son. I love this young man. So 18 years he's been a part of our life, and I thank God for him. Uh, But my trio, our babies, we love them so much. My firstborn, my namesake, Robert Charles Matthews III, a.k.a. 3J. Wave your hand at everybody. We love you, man of God. We love you. My baby boy, the prophet himself, Micah Jeremiah Matthews. Wave at everybody. He's prophetic. Both my boys, prophetic and athletic. All of them. And I love them so much. And my beautiful princess, Faith Zamir Matthews. Wave at everybody. You look gorgeous, mama. Your little earrings in your ear looking pretty. Lift those hands. If you've got family close to you, join hands with them. If you will, if you pray in the spirit, go ahead and begin to lift your voice. Such a sweet presence of God in the room today. Come on. Come on, worship. I want you, while your hands are lifted and while you're praying, I want you to begin praying for the person whose hands you're holding. I want you to pray from the place of passion how much it means to you to see something supernatural happening in their lives today. 
Come on, come on, begin to lift your voice. Come on, I want you to pull. Lata vadobodobokon televesti. Pisa para katarebando le behe. Sota barianda ya le mande on sataya. Pore mana mariana nana maniana nana mansiona nanone. Come on, let's ascend. Let's go up. Let's go up. Let's go up. Father, we come in. We come in through the blood of Jesus. Now, fathers, we access the presence of God. We thank you for the washing of the water of your word. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the sacrifice that was made for us at Calvary. And so, Father, we enter in now and we go deeper. We pass by that brazen labor and ask that you would wash us and make us clean, make us ready. Clean us from the inside out. Wash our minds. Purify our thoughts, God. Cause us to be ready and able give us capacity to receive what you have God we we pass by hallelujah the table of showbread and we ask God that you would feed us with the bread of heaven until we want no more we pass by the golden candlesticks of revelation and we ask that you would give illumination and enlightenment to our thinking oh God we come in today we come in, we come in behind the veil. That veil that was rent from the top to the bottom when Jesus hung his head in the lots of his shoulder. Lord, we come in, we come in, we come in, we come in, we come in behind the veil. Oh God, where the glory of God meets us on the mercy seat. Oh God, we pray now that you would release miracles in this room. We pray that you would release your power. Release it all over this room, we pray. Oh God, let your glory, let your glory, let your glory rend the heavens and come down. 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 Open the heavens, open the heavens until we receive everything you have. Come on, open up your mouth and cry out now. Father, release your anointing, release your oil. Release your power, release your grace, release your ability. Show forth your mighty hand. Oh God, come. Do what only you can do. Speak to our minds, speak to our hearts, God. Oh God, let the words of our mouths, the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Father, I pray that the spirit of revival pour out a can on us today. We need another wave. We want another wave. Lord, we want another wave. Lord, we want to, I can't hear nobody here. I said, we want another wave. Come on, I need you, I need to hear your hunger. I didn't come to perform, I came to find some people who want to move with God. Come on, open up your mouth. Come on, put your hunger on display. Stir yourself up in the Holy Ghost. Yeah, 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 Come on, I feel something rising in the room. It's rising in the room. It's rising. It's rising in this room. Come on. His glory. His glory. His glory. His glory. His glory. It's rising in this room. Come on. We're almost there. Keep lifting up your voice. Keep lifting up your voice. Come on. Come on, Lord. We need to see you. We came to see you. Jesus, yeah, we can. 
you got it. Hallelujah. Tell them my family's already got it. Come on, tell somebody my family's already got it. We've already got the victory. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 8. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 8. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hope y'all know I don't sing everywhere. Well, not every church I go to. My wife will say I sing everywhere. But y'all worship. So I'm really not a singer. I'm a worshiper. So when I get in atmospheres where there's an openness to God, I feel at home. Lift those hands. Come here. You. Yes, ma'am. Come here. Lift those hands. Lift those hands. Stretch your hands this way. Come on, stretch your hands this way. When I looked at you, the Spirit of God says, I got to take heaviness off of her now. I don't know what you've been through, but I sense a spirit of heaviness that the adversary has tried to put on you. But today, that thing has to break in the name of Jesus. So when I lay my hands on you, that yoke is destroyed now, and that burden is removed. That thing that has been unresolved, and it's beginning to weigh on you and wear you out, I speak to the weariness you wake up with. I speak to the weariness that has you weary even in your sleep. And I speak the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. It's beginning to guard your heart and mind. Come on, stretch your hands, open your spirit, and begin to pray. Come on. In the name of Jesus, receive now. Shakata, refreshing. Laba shakata. So, somebody open up your mouth. Come on. Give our God praise. Come on, give our King praise. I lift you, Jesus. 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 Hebrews 11 verse number 8 the Bible says by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance and he went out not knowing where he was going by faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob the heirs with him of the same promise for he waited for the city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God by faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised therefore from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore for a few moments today I want to prophetically talk to this house about the next wave everybody say get ready because the next wave is here now open up your mouth and give God praise thank you all so much thank you praise team the next wave we'll talk about the next wave of revival the next wave about two years ago the Lord spoke to me and he said the next wave of revival is coming through the family. 
I've said it again. The next wave of revival is coming through the family. Let me say that one more time. The next wave of revival is coming through the family. If you've been in church any amount of time, you recognize that going to church does not necessarily protect your family from warfare. Uh, going to church doesn't mean your family's perfect. Attending church does not mean that your family uh, is without issues, without temptations, without trials, without tribulations. Um, there's a part, no matter how saved you are, no matter how spirit-filled you are, there are some things that just come with this life. Some things just come with this life. And so some, I just sense in my spirit, sometimes people get mad at God because they can't figure out how did I serve God and stuff still happen at my house. Because, in fact, it is just possible for things to happen. Do you understand that Adam was in the very garden of the presence of God and Satan still showed up? And Satan himself was in the very atmosphere of the presence of God. But because of the iniquity that was in his own heart, he was in the manifest presence of God and still had issues. And so we're not excused simply because we come to church. But one of the mistakes that I believe we have made is that too many families have been sacrificed on the altar of success in ministry. Now, let me just help you. I'm not saying to you, I'm certainly not giving us excuse, you know, because in this generation, we've because our parents made us go to church. Many of us growing up, our parents made us go to church. Well, no, you didn't have a, a, an opinion about whether or not you were going to go to church. You didn't wake up in the morning and they say, are you going to church today? And you knew you were going to church. Now, you may have tried to sleep in as long as you could, but you knew you were going to go to church. As a matter of fact, if you went to a Pentecostal church, even playing sick wasn't going to work for you because your church believed in healing. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So, 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 so there was, there was this, this, we're going to go to church no matter what's going on, all of that. And I do believe in the power of being in the house of God. As a matter of fact, a lot of churches are struggling because people have chosen to be absent from the house of God. You can just hold off just for a minute. I like, I like what you're doing. Stay there because I'm going to pull you back in in a minute. Okay, you're good. Though. I like what you're doing there. But if you do that, I'm going to start hooping. I'm going to start grabbing my ear and stuff and walking pews, right? Stay right there, though, because I might look at you. When I look at you, I need you to make that thing do what it do. <laughs> but I need you to understand that in the heart of God in this season, I believe God is after the family. I believe that every family under the sound of my voice has a God-given assignment. I believe if you were to look in your family, one of the things that we typically trace back in our family is family curses. We typically look back in our family and find the iniquity that dwelled in our family. We say, well, so-and-so was divorced, and, and they were divorced. And then we look back and say, so-and-so was promiscuous, and so-and-so was, was an alcoholic and all of that. But what we rarely look back for in our family are the trends of destiny that are found within the DNA that we come from. Typically, the anointing you walk in didn't start with you. Most of the time, there was an oil that ran through your bloodline that people missed and forfeited. And therefore, when it finally found you, it had such density in it because you were the first one to say yes. Some of you, if you were to look back, you would see more than alcoholism in your bloodline. You would see entrepreneurship. If you would look back in your family line, you would realize that not only were we people who, who went through divorces, we may have gone through
through that. And God, we certainly want to avoid divorce and we want to avoid that. But I also want to look back at my bloodline and say, Grandmama was a prayer warrior and that's the only reason her marriage made it. Y'all didn't hear what I said. I want to look back in my bloodline and say, I come from a bloodline of builders. I come from a bloodline of apostolic gifts. Some of them were apostolic, not because they planted churches, but they built systems and structures and they created things that cultivated the mind and the will of God. Am I talking to anybody here? Grandmama didn't even know she was a prophet. She didn't even know to call it prophetic. She just called it mother wit and a mother's intuition. No, mother, that was not intuition. No, that was the Holy Ghost. You got the Holy Ghost and it's in your bloodline. And I am here today to turn over every rock in your family, to move every blinder in your life from the blessing that God put in your bloodline. And let me just help somebody. You say, Bishop, yeah, I hear what you're saying. But my family was dysfunctional. I mean, so dysfunctional until we are forever disconnected. That's good. God's got a word for you. The Bible says he puts the solitary in families. So God won't even leave you by yourself. Even for the orphan. Even for the one who feels left out. He said, if your father and mother forsake you, then I, the Lord, will single-handedly take you up. I need about 13 people to pray. Praise God that when you should have lost your mind, he took you up. That when, ah, that when you would have been left for dead, he took you up. You say, but they put me up for adoption. But you know what, baby, had you been there, you may not be where you are right now. So you ought to praise God that maybe when their hands couldn't touch you, it was because his hands had you. Somebody shot I'm in good hands. I made it down the Nile River, Moses, alligators couldn't eat me trials and flood couldn't drown me i'm here because god had me somebody holler he's got me glory to god and so every family carries within them an anointing and an assignment. Uh, Adam, Adam, it's not good for you to be alone because you've got too much stuff in you for you to die alone. And if I don't put you in a family, your potential cannot come out. That works in a natural family and a spiritual family. Until you get connected to both a natural and a spiritual family, you will have what you have, but it will only be all you have. But the moment God connects you with the right family what's in you starts to multiply some of us never get better because we never really get connected and we've been so jaded and burned and we don't trust anybody until we run from the mere idea of community and connectedness and vulnerability and transparency but I'm telling you your isolation is the reason for your destruction God may have called you alone but he'll never keep you alone your next level is going to be unlocked through your connection to a relationship You will not win alone in this season. There's a verse in Isaiah that says, the new wine is in the cluster. The new thing God is pouring out is in clusters. 
It's not going to be one single anointing over here and another single anointing over here. God says, I'm about to cause the streams to converge. I'm about to cause people to flow together. Watch this. So if you are hateful and can't get along with anybody, we're going to have to sit you down until you learn how to play well with the other kids. Because in this season, we need some people who can be anointed and submitted. We need some people who can be anointed and get along with people. You can be anointed. You can speak in tongues and speak to people. It's in the cluster. It's in the cluster. And, and the cluster is, a, is comprised of like individuals. We're not identical, but we can be identified by our connectedness to the vine. Am I preaching to anybody? You, you look at the grapes. No grape is identical to the other, but they are identified by their connection to the vine. And you and I may not be identical, but we are identifiable by the vine called Jesus that we are connected to. And you may prophesy and I might teach and you might plant churches and do crusades and I might rather shepherd the people. But in this season, I need you and you need me and we need each other for the glory of God. I just felt a surge of gifting in the room. I just felt a surge of gifting. I don't know what gift you have, but in this season, stop looking around and saying, but I'm not like them. That's exactly why you're here, because you're not just like them. You have what we need, and it's time to activate it. Shout yes. So when God pulls families together, natural families, spiritual families, your house, God's house, there is an anointing and an assignment that's on it. Somebody say we have an assignment. When this particular calling is cultivated and the blessing is activated, that family becomes a force to be reckoned with. Let me, let me prophesy real quick. Parents, it's about time you found out what was in your kids. Rewind, let me say it again. It's about time you discovered what was inside your children and start speaking to the destiny, not the dysfunction. If the only time you talk to them is when they're doing something wrong, but you're not the revelator of what's right with them, then you're always going to believe yourself to be the corrector of what's wrong with them. But, but discipline is not about me just punishing bad behavior. Discipline is about me developing destiny. I discipline you because of who you are. I discipline you because of what you have. When I talk to my 14-year-old now, uh, he'll probably tell you, he's like, man, dad, you kind of be on me a little bit. I don't fuss all the time, but I'm probably a little bit harder. It's because I see what's on him and I see what's in him he is a wonderful kid he's a great young man but what I see in him is a world changer and so because I see who he is I have to talk to him and develop him discipline my discipline is not punishment my discipline is preparation because I need you to be able to make decisions that are in line with your destiny I need you to know son that when you are making billion dollar deals your character does not have to be compromised and so I got to build in you the audacity to walk away from money to keep your character. I wish I had somebody here. I, I got to give you the boldness to know you are intelligent enough to sit in front of anybody in any room at any time and your brain is just as significant as a person you are talking to. Somebody open up your mouth and say discipline is for development. 
Watch this. If you do not intentionally develop them, you will have to deal with what they unintentionally become. We want our children to love God, but we don't train them to. Some of us parents got to really introspectively evaluate ourselves and say, do I want my children to be good or do I want my children to be godly? Good means you better not get in trouble and make me come out to that school because if you embarrass me, I'm going to cut up. That's about you. That's not about them. A godly child will convict you on your lack of a prayer life. A godly child will make you realize, man, I got to repent because the way they're pursuing God, I really need to step my game up because I remember when I used to be on fire. Let me just help us real quick. Getting older is not an excuse to get colder. Well, I remember when I used to be on fire for God. Well, what's the problem? We don't want to deal with your ashes. We want you to have, stir up those embers and get that fire. Mama, that fire don't have to be all over the place, but you know the grill cooks best when the fire gets low, but it's still burning under the white coals. Somebody shout, I may not be flashy, but I still got my flame. I may not jump as high as those young people, but you better believe I'll pray you out of that thing. I may not run around the church. I may just have to scoot, but everywhere I scoop, the soles of my feet are treading on it, and God's given me territory. When, when our families get an idea of what we have we become a force and we begin to create a momentum that it is difficult you know what some sin cycles are so hard to break in families because they've got generational momentum so the cycle is hard to break but but he says he visits iniquity to the third or fourth generation watch this but he releases blessing to the thousandth generation. The blessing is always greater than the curse. Did y'all hear what he just said? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, the momentum of a generational blessing can be so strong that it will be hard for your great, 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 great grandchild not to get saved. The momentum you start in your generation in pursuing God can be so strong that your sons, 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 and sons can't run from the move of God. And that's my aim. I'm not living for me. I'm living for who God brought out of my loins. I'm living for generations to come. Lord, let us start something so strong that my great, 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 here's the question what is our family called to do and I think Abraham and Sarah 
are good examples to utilize to make this discovery and evaluation. I'm going to tell you why. Because a lot of times we do family, we do a family conference, and I love the family conference. But sometimes, Pastor Brian, I sit at the family conference. I'm like, you know, parents that are out there are probably thinking, I mean, I love the preachers and all, but can y'all show me a family that's a little bit more like my family? Because preachers, we, we, we're human human, but some of the stuff we deal with just ain't human. I'm, I'm telling you, man, I ain't going to go all the way down there. I'm gonna just, just believe me. Because sometimes what happens is you say, but, but, but Pastor, I'm not a preacher. Um, I will help and I will serve and I'll do, help out with crusades and I'll help out in the parking lot. I'll help with the children. I'll do whatever they want me to do. Um, but I like Abraham and Sarah because do you want to know what really why we call Abraham the father of our faith. Y'all want to know what made Abraham so popular? Y'all really want to know? He was a good dad. Now, y'all miss what I just said. God used Abraham because he was a family man. Maybe I missed it, Pastor Bill, and you can help me. I stand corrected, but I don't remember him laying hands on anybody and them being healed. But I do remember, every, even when God wanted to tell Moses who he was, he says, I'm the God of Abraham. You know that man that loved his wife, led his family, and lived by faith? I'm that guy's God. I wish I had some help here. Can I preach to somebody? You may not ever preach a sermon, but if you love that woman right, and you raise those babies right, heaven is looking at you, and God wants to bring your name up as an example. I'm telling you, I got to do this, because I want to evangelize the world and the ones who have my last name. I want to make sure that, I, that, I, that God uses me to heal the sick and and heal my sons and daughters. I don't want to be a wonder to the world and a blunder at home. Sir, what good is all that money? And the people who have your last name hate when you come home. Because you're so angry and so bitter at life. And what didn't happen in the career that should have been. And da 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 until you, you no longer realize that to them, you're still a hero. Whether your athletic career or business career panned out like it was supposed to, they didn't know what it was supposed to pan out to be. All they know is God gave me this man in my life that I came out of and I call him daddy and I need my daddy and I need his presence and I need his example and I need his wisdom and I need him to affirm me and I need him to encourage me and I just need him to be there and I know he's working hard to provide but every now and then I need you to take a longer break so you can just stand there by the fence and my ball game so that I can look over there and feel like my daddy's proud of me and that little girl is saying daddy I love you and I'm so glad that you're awesome but every now and then I need you to come by come by my gymnastics come by my basketball and be there and just cheer for me when nobody's clapping for you can you just be there 
a few years ago, I realized something. We went through a trial, and, and whenever you're in ministry, you're going to go through trials. It's just what it comes with the territory. Some of the stuff you expect, some of the stuff you don't expect, some of the stuff people could tell you about. Some people, if they told you, you wouldn't believe it. But I made a conscious decision. One of my hearts is I've always wanted to be a great father. Always wanted to be that. So when my kids, when I found out my wife was pregnant with all of our kids, I was excited. There was never a time I was like, oh, God, we got another baby. I was like, yep, here comes the next one. Right? I had a dream about a month after, month and a half after we got married, and the Holy Spirit showed me three children, two boys and a girl. Right? Uh, but in the dream, the girl was the oldest, and then the boys were younger. And so when, we just, when God brought the babies, he flipped them around. But now if you understand how the house operates, you get the dream. <laughs> 3J knows what I'm talking about. Because <laughs> little mama think, you know, you get it. So we had the dream. And then right before my oldest son was born, um, about two weeks or about a week and a half before he was born, the Holy Spirit said, here's what you're going to name all three of your children. So God gave me all of their names. So my first one, um, who, who Robert Charles Matthews III, he's named after me. Robert, his name means bright shining, bright fame. Charles, it means courageous. He's a warrior. Matthews means gift of God. So when we named him, we didn't name him because it would be cool to name him after me. We named him so that his destiny would be understood. When you called his name, you'd be calling his destiny. I wasn't searching for cute and, cute and most popular names. If that's what you did, don't come under condemnation. Hopefully the Holy Spirit led you in the Google search. <laughs> and so Micah, Jeremiah. Micah means who is like God. Jeremiah, who establishes. Matthew's gift of God. And so we understood there would be a prophetic call on his life. And so they have life scriptures that line up. I won't go through all of those. But, but so that when I call his name, when I say Micah, Jeremiah, I'm calling him into destiny. Then faith, Zamir, faith, which means trust, and Zamir, which means beautiful song. Uh, the word Zamir, Zamar, is a, is, a, is a form of praise found in Zephaniah when, the, when it talks about how the Lord will rejoice over you with singing. And so if you watch my baby, she dances, she sings all the time. She is all things musical. She can capture what the song of the Lord is in an atmosphere. So when I call her name, I'm calling forth her destiny. Because what we've got to do, let me tell you something. Oh, God, I feel the Holy Ghost here. If we are not intentional about the families we build, hell is after tearing them down. I need you to hear what I'm saying. I need you to hear me. And you may not even like what I'm saying. But let me tell you, some of you need to get your family off cruise control. You better get that thing off cruise control. Just going through the motions. You and your wife, you ain't kissed each other for real in a long time. Bye, babe. Man, slow down and enjoy the wife of your youth. I can't get nobody to holler back at me. I'm going to preach anyway. You and your kids and your family get in the house and nobody talks. When you're eating, everybody's on their phone. Nobody's even looking at each other. Let alone praying together. We don't know what's going on with each other. We don't slow down to ask, how are you doing? And we just hope that somehow by osmosis they live for God. We must be ten times more diligent to raise up families of revival. Than the adversary is to divide us. 
what kind of family do you want what's on your house that you have not activated let me tell you why some of y'all i'm about to help you let me tell you why some of y'all so frustrated you and your spouse are y'all so frustrated oh god can i say this in california can can i say heck in california because y'all don't know where the heck you're going in other words you are married but you're not going anywhere you have no direction y'all have no vision your marriage has no mission so the mission is somehow we don't kill each other before God takes us and try to be the least amount of miserable as we can be before we go to heaven if you say all our main job is going to be is raising these kids in the ways of God. That's a mission. I'm trying to help somebody real quick. Because what made Sarah great, watch this. You want to know why Sarah is referred to in the New Testament as like the model woman? Because she was just a good wife and a good mom. We don't like that gospel. I know that ain't wonderful enough for us. Did you, you ought to be a mother or a father so well that you do it like you're a sign and a wonder. People ought to look at you and wonder how you raise those kids like that. Wonder how you handle that family like that. Wonder how you do what you do. Wonder how you raise that child. Wonder how you love them through that. Wonder how you do this, 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 and this. And yet you're still able to manage this over here. You ought to be a sign and a wonder as to how you minister to your family. Because you go to church, you get touched by God, but you come home, you won't touch your spouse. Your husband's like, girl, before we got married, you know, we was a whole lot more friendly than we are now. You fell in love with Jesus and you like MC Hammer, can't touch this. Your husband like, I love Jesus, but does he just, Jesus, <laughs> then you come home fussing at your husband, talking about Pastor Brian said, and Pastor Brian said, Pastor Brian said, and he's like, okay, first of all, when you come home, we never touch and agree, then you come home, and you want to tell me what another man said. Okay, cover your children's ears. <laughs> Pastor, you're not going to invite me back if I say this. Revival includes, if you're married, a good sex life. Okay, that's all I wanted to say. That's all I wanted to say. That's all, that's all I wanted to say. If you're saying, please, it what, he didn't say it, I did, I'm leaving tomorrow. Don't leave the church. I won't be here next week. I'm just trying to help you. And then y'all brothers, y'all trying to play all cool. Some of y'all want to go, yes, yes, man of God. I've waited all my life for this word.
Some of the sisters too. You're like, thank you, Bishop. All he does is pray. <laughs> now y'all saying amen. They're like, Come on, brother. Yeah. <laughs> What's on your life? You've got to be intentional about building it. And so a couple things. Let me run through them very quickly so we can let you out because you got to come back tonight. Abraham's going to show us this. He's a good, he's a, they're family people. And God is about to bring revival to a family. Do you realize that when Noah, God gave him an assignment to build something that would preserve the earth. His team was his family. What if you stop looking at your family as your hindrance and start looking at your family as your helpers? Here's the honest truth. I will never force my children into a particular role in ministry. I won't. My job is to provide a path to where they encounter God and discover what they're supposed to do. I will always make room for them. At the end of the day, though, I want them to love God, I want them to live for God, and I want them to walk out their purpose and help a whole lot of people along the way, whatever that looks like. If that looks like business, if that looks like dance, if that looks like being an educator, if it looks like being a nurse, whatever it is, I just want you to love God, live for God, walk out that purpose to the best of your ability, and I will be happy. I, 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 my sons don't have to grow up, my daughter doesn't have to grow up and get a church handed to them by me. If they do, it'll be because that's the call of God and that's the anointing on their life. It won't be because I fear losing an empire. Because he didn't call me to build my kingdom. God called me to build his kingdom. What do you do if you build this business and your kids don't want it? Sell it and keep all the money and live off all the money. Because if you're not anointed and you're going to be miserable doing it every day, sell it and keep the money. Because what I care most about leaving in them is my faith. My faith. That investment. Now, I got to do the other stuff because I want them so free that they can live by faith. I, wanna, I, wanna, I want them to be so financially well because I made preparation for them until they're never imprisoned by anything. But even what I prepare for them, I will make sure they get prepared for it. Because if I don't make you prepare yourself and all I do is prepare it, then I teach you entitlement. All right, I got it. Y'all come back next week for the workshop, but anyway. So the first thing you're going to have to do if you're going to activate your family assignment and this next wave is you're going to have to come out of your comfort. Let me tell you what I mean. There is a way that you're comfortable being a wife. There's a way that you're comfortable being a husband. There's a way that you're comfortable being a mom. There's a way that you're comfortable being a dad. There's a way that you're comfortable being a child. The world has modeled it to us. But what do you do when the model you've seen is not the model you are? 
Help me, Holy Ghost. Some of you hated the way things were operating in your home, but you do it by default because you hadn't seen anything else. You argue like your mama. You're not married to your daddy, but you sound like your mama. Well, know why? Because even if you didn't prefer the model, you by default repeat it. Because it's comfortable. It is your default setting. It's how you know to respond to adversity. It's how you know to respond. And it's not until you don't give yourself permission to stay there anymore. I was blessed. My, my mom and dad have been married is it 40, over 40 years now. Over 40 years, my, my mom and dad have been married. But here's the reality. I didn't marry my mama. I married Cecilia Denise Carr Matthews. And she is not my mama. What I have to do is take the values they taught me because my mom and dad don't have our calling. Uh oh. Some of you think you're failing. Because you're measuring yourself by a model that doesn't match your mantle. Some, some people, you're, you're not going to be able to do it just like, but you can take certain values and you can take certain principles and you can learn. My father was a hard worker. My father is a provider. My father always has been. My father always sacrificed. He would be there, be there for the family, roll on the floor with us after working 12 hour shifts, all of that night shift, all of that. He did that. I saw him do that. And so it is difficult for me to ever settle for her working hard to make a life I feel like I'm called to create. I thought y'all was going to say amen right here. Yep. Like at the end, and let, let me just help some of y'all sisters. That man loves you. That's why he wants to provide for you. I know all my women, independent. I know all of that. But you're going to mess over a good man because he loves you. Because when they trained him to be a man and they taught him how to be a man, they told him, you need to be a provider, you need to be a priest, and you need to be a prophet. And you don't want any, any of those. So he's trying to figure out how do I provide for a woman who keeps telling me she don't need me. Don't go kissing all his pictures when he's gone. Johnny was a good man. I wish I had known. I wish you had known too. Johnny's trying to be the best man he could be. Johnny never saw a man really teach him how to pray. But Johnny saw a man work hard. But then, Johnny, you got to understand, okay, maybe you got to know this. You got to communicate. This is the way I show my love for you. But also, I will grow in the areas where you need me to. But listen, sister. If the man is not intercessor of the year in the next three years, it's okay. He will probably pray better by himself than he prays with you. Because you got 30,000 words in you. He got 15,000. He let 10 of them at work. So when y'all get ready to pray and you say, shut up and I bind this and I bind this and I bind this. He's just like, Lord, I'm spiritual. But my God, this woman is like. He's like, I'm more the Jesus Webb kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? 
What does this have to do with revival? Everything. Because nothing you build will be healthier than your heart or your home. Nothing you build will be healthier than your heart or healthier than your home. Abraham, the Bible says God had said, leave your homeland and your kindred and your father's house and go to a place I'll show you. Fellas, do you have the courage to come out? The Bible says the Lord had said to Abram, notice hadn't he brought up Sarah yet. Men, what has God said to you? What has he told you to come, to come out of? He says, come out of your country, those customs you're used to. Come out of your kindred, the stuff that are your cultural norms. Come out of your father's house, that way of thinking that has shaped the way you operate. Come out of it so you can go to a place I'm trying to show you. Bishop, I don't know how to be this man that I know I am. Am I preaching to any men in the room that say, I know there's more in me? I don't even know how to be it yet. But here's what the word of the Lord is. If you'll come out of what you know, I'll show you what you've never seen. I will make you my God. I wonder if there are any men here that are willing to build something without a blueprint. I wonder if there are any men here that say, I have enough courage and audacity to become what I've never seen. I will get in the presence of God and follow him until he tells me I'm pleasing. He says, and I'll make your name great. I'll make you a great nation. in you all the families of the earth. So here it is, Abraham. The blessing you're going to leave in the earth is a blessing for families. Everybody say, come out. So you're going to have to come out of your comfort zone. For me and my wife to operate in our assignment, I have to come out of my comfort zone. Me and my wife had a funny conversation early on in marriage. Before we got married, then early on we got married. I'll tell you all the secret. She's like, you want me to be a stay-at-home mom. I was like, not necessarily. I just want you to not have to work unless you just choose to. I mean, don't shoot me for it. Right? I, I, you know, because she was like, I am not. She was like, I don't care. She was like, I, I, let me go work at Dollar General. Let me go work at Walmart. I got to be out of this house. So we had to figure that thing out because I was like, woman, you don't have to work. Like, we're not balling out of control or nothing, but you don't have to work. Right? So here's the deal. You have to come out of what you think you know. I cannot raise my kids like everybody tells me to raise my kids because my kids have something on them that I'm responsible to cultivate. Somebody will tell you, put your child in this, put your child in this so they can be this. That may sound good for conventional wisdom, and I don't reject it, but if I get a prophetic instinct concerning the destiny of my child, I have to shift the course because I am raising up a world changer. True story, there was a young lady in our ministry who we were youth pastoring together, and she discovered that her anointing was dance, right? She discovered it like her senior year, junior, senior year of high school. She wanted to go to school, to college for dance, and, uh, but her parents had a rule, you can't go away from home or outside of the city until at least your second year of college. That girl, because she had so been awakened to her purpose, but it had been quenched by their rules, she went into rebellion. Now, 
Now, eventually, they, the parents called. They said, what do you think is going on? I said, here's the problem. I said, y'all remember when she was discovering she was anointed to dance? I said, do you remember how good of a child she was? Remember how well-behaved and obedient she was? And she was so excited about where she was going to go, she had identified the college. But y'all remember the change that happened when you told her no? They're like, wow, we didn't think about that. What do we do about it? I said, I've got a friend who travels in ministry, and he, she can travel and dance and lead his team. She eventually went on the road with a man of God and then went, ended up at the ramp leading their dance ministry. Because when you got a call in on your family, you got to cultivate it. Let me hurry here. Second thing you're going to have to do, you're going to have to commit to the call. Bible says Abraham departed as the Lord has spoken to him. At some point, you got to commit to it. This is who we are. This is what we carry. This is what we're going to be. At some point, you got to say, this is what's on our house. We're not going to try to be like any other family. We're about to walk in what we carry. And when we walk in what we carry, God will always bring provision. The Bible declares when they said, yes, God released unprecedented provision. Watch this. Let me tell you something real quick. And I'm hurrying through this thing now. I can't. I'm, I want to. Pastor Brian's not even rushing me, but I just, I just know. So, what's interesting to me, prophetess, and I'm not going to make you preach right now. But the Bible says, watch this, Tyler. In Genesis 12, Abraham took Sarah and Lot. Grab, grab lot. Okay. He took them. The word took them means he carried them. Here's what that meant. They didn't even fully understand the assignment yet. But because he did, because of what he knew and because of what God had told him, he had to carry the weight while they figured it out. Fellas, there's going to be some seasons when God's going to show you some stuff for your house that they don't even get yet. And you got to carry your family until they catch up. You got to carry them. You got to carry sometime, brother. You got to be misunderstood. But you got to say, as for me and my house, this is what we're going to do. This is what God has spoken. And I love you, sweetheart. And if you'll just trust me right through here, if you'll just believe in me in this season, it will all make sense later. But we have a word because I have a word <laughs> fellas don't get it and leave them get the word and take them with you sometimes you got to talk about it along the way but keep walking now be seated prophet is lot remain standing now what's interesting is he took lot and uh the Lord didn't necessarily tell him to take Lot. But he was like, I'm going to take Lot. Um, you know, Heron, his father died. Da, 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 I got to take Lot with me. This, that, and the other. But Lot's a man. Lot, Lot's, Lot's a man. He, he got this. Third thing you got to be willing to do if you're gonna, your family's going to carry revival. Number one, you got to come out of your comfort zone. Number two, you got to commit to the call. Number three, watch this. You have to cut off compromise. Sometimes, watch this, 
you can't just keep people close because you like them. They might be a threat to your destiny. What friendships are you trying to keep up with and trying to keep around you? Watch this. If I keep having to shush you around my children, we're not friends. If, if, I, if, I, if I have to wonder, watch this, if what's in you is competing with what's in me. Because that's what happened. Lot started growing and his herdsmen started fighting with Abraham's. And instead of Lot telling them, hold on, you don't fight them because we wouldn't be here without them. You'll know, uh-oh, you brought the wrong person when God starts blessing them and they forgot who God used to bless them. And some of y'all in here, I'm going to go ahead and go here because I feel in, in, in the Holy Ghost right now. Some of you, God has blessed you and you are growing. But don't you ever forget the Abraham God used to help you activate what you have. Because the truth be told, truth be told, the reason your life went in the direction it did was because Abraham carried you there. Because left to make your own decisions, you would have been in dysfunction. You don't believe me? God says, separate from Lot. He said, Lot, you can look over here, you can look over there. Wherever you choose, I'll go the opposite direction. Where did Lot choose? Sodom. As in Sodom and Gomorrah. You want to know who's leeching off of you? What decision would they make if you weren't there? Come on, there's a season when you got to hold people up, you got to rescue people, you got to bring them out of it. But there's some season, if you are grown enough to be fighting with me, you are grown enough for me to let you fail. I said, Here's what happens. Almost done. He cuts off Lot. When he cuts off Lot, the Bible says, the Lord said, now look up. So Lot goes to Sodom. Go sit down. Lot. We love you, Lot. Sometimes you have to lose a lot to gain a lot. <laughs> Heard one of our leaders say that today. <laughs> Sometimes you got to lose a lot to gain a lot. The moment he let them go, he opened up his eyes and God says, now I'm about to bless your family. And they're going to be more numerous than the dust of the earth. What vision is unclear because it's clouded by compromise? Sarah had her own compromise. Her name was Hagar. Because Sarah couldn't believe the word, she believed Hagar could be the substitute. You know what I love about the Bible, Pastor Brian? Is that while they are men and women of faith, it does not hide their frailties. Because ordinary people like us need to know that it is possible to have some moments when you believe God, but you got a little bit of unbelief too. 
Because sometimes some of y'all hear me saying this word, a revival in your family and all this. You're like, Lord, Pastor, if you just knew my family, all I got to look at is just a bunch of mess. Right. And in yourself, you don't see it happening. So you would rather assign it to somebody else and not receive it for yourself. But the Lord told me to tell you, I put the oil on you. And Sarah, here's the thing. It's not until you stop compromising that I'm going to cut covenant with you. I wish I had some help in the room. Somebody say when the compromise leaves, the covenant will come. When the compromise leaves, then God starts showing up and saying, I am your exceedingly great reward in blessing i'm getting ready to bless you i feel in here in multiplying i'm getting ready to multiply you i'm about to change your name here it is and so god cuts a covenant when they cut the compromise some of you need to oh wow wow some of you need to cut the compromise and god will cut a new covenant there's more for your family. But you got to cut the compromise. And God will cut the covenant. Last thing. When the covenant is cut, the strength to conceive is received. I want my wife to come up here with me. You're going to help me pray, sweetheart. Oh, you got something. I see it. Oh, okay. Sit right there. Here's the reality. Yeah, you could play softly there just for a moment. Listen carefully. The first from Genesis 12 to 16. God is talking to Abram. But the promise is not unlocked by Abraham's faith. It must also be unlocked by Sarah's faith. And when their faith comes into agreement, the revival is released. You want to know the key to revival in your family? Agreement. First several chapters, Abraham is battling with the condition of his own body. Then Sarah starts wrestling with hers. And when they finally realize we can't raise this kind of family without the help of God. And they both start leaning on God. All of a sudden, God visits Sarah with the strength to conceive. Is there anybody in this room that hears this word, that's heard this word and say, I believe God's called us to birth an Isaac or a revival. I believe God has called our family to raise up something that we've never seen before. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. If that's you, come on. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, lift those hands. I feel the grace of God coming in the room right now. There's a shift getting ready to come to families even right now. Come on, lift those hands. Begin to worship if that word touches you. If you are a couple and that word touches you, I want you to stand together with hands joined. If you're a couple. And you get next to your spouse. Absolutely. Find them if you have to. Join their hands and lift them up together. Hallelujah. 
The beauty of the text says that Sarah received strength. That word receive is translated to take violently by force. And the word strength there to perform a miracle. So she took by force the strength that was necessary to perform a miracle that that which was dead would now become alive. Because the Bible says that she grabbed a hold of the word that she connected with someone whose body was as dead. But she gripped within herself. So come on, women. This is an opportunity for you to grip it. You've seen it. You've heard them talk about it. You've heard them speak the vision. You've heard them talk about the vision. But it's up to you to conceive the vision, to receive with strength the vision, to be able to birth it forth. So as we're standing here today, we're about to labor in the place of prayer for the vision to come forth and the dream to manifest. So if you're by your spouse, I want you to do this as you're connecting with them hand in hand I need you to ask them what is in your heart they can give you one sentence two sentences whatever it is ask them what's in their heart and then we're going to pray as a family we're going to pray together and we're going to believe God here you go I'm going to give you time now so men of God speak to your spouse we're going to pray in this moment I need you to tell them what's one thing one thing that's in your heart one thing that's in your heart And when you've gripped it, ladies, I need you to bring them with you to the altar. And we're going to bring this to the altar today and we're going to come into agreement and we're going to pray as soon as you get it. Whatever that one thing is, I want you to bring your spouse to the altar with you. And I want you to come as you come into agreement. We're going to believe God today. Hallelujah. For what's in their hearts as husband and wives. She received faith. Your walk down to this altar is a faith walk to say that I believe God for what's on the inside of you and I as your spouse as your wife will not allow that dream to die in you I as your spouse will not allow it to not come forth I'm going to pray until we see it manifest so come on let's begin to lift it up begin to pray for your spouse Father we thank you now in this moment God that dreams and visions are coming to pass the homes are coming to pass whatever it is God whatever they're desiring to be I pray God that even the builders will begin to build even now in this moment we thank you God as we lift come on we lift this prayer request up to you we believe today God that you are answering us you're answering our requests you're making their requests known and it will not die in you we declare that it is birthing forth in the name of Jesus I don't know this family is very dear to the heart of God today God spoke to her but I want to speak to you men of God it will not die in you we declare that in the name of Jesus that it may be dormant but it will not die and the Lord is about to resurrect every dead dream in the name of Jesus and by faith by faith we come into agreement that you both will receive the promise i declare in the next six months we're gonna see fruit of this word somebody shout we're about to see fruit you're gonna see fruit of this word in the name of jesus we declare god that you are blessing families you're blessing households you're blessing them now in the name of jesus we declare that it is coming forth in the name of jesus Every time I look at you, I keep hearing the word build.
build, 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 build. I see you with hammers and nails and God's about to build some great things through you. And I declare that in the name of Jesus, that this next project that you build, I declare in the name of Jesus that God is going to bless you in an abundance. I declare that there will be an abundance for every good work. You will not lack in any area and your family will prosper. We declare in the name of Jesus that prosperity is your portion. In the name of Jesus, we declare that as you put nail to it, as you hammer it, I declare that God will build a great thing through your house. In the name of Jesus. There's a couple all the way up at the top in the balcony. I don't know. I hear the Lord saying, great is your faithfulness. And the Lord says, as you've been faithful over a few things, he said, I'm going to make you ruler over many. And I believe she's translating for me. He's going to make you ruler over many. And the Lord says, I love you. He says, I love you with an unconditional love. And he says, you have been able to give and give and give. But this year is the year that I pour and I pour and I pour. And I begin to give back to you every ounce of strength, every ounce of finances that you have given out. And God says, you have been a great example to the generations that have come after you. But the Lord says, I desire to bless you indeed. I desire to bless your family in the name of Jesus somebody clap your hands right there Woo! how many of you believe for your family today how many of you believe for your family as I look at you when you walked up here the first one the Lord said tell her and tell him it is so such as you have said out of your mouth he said he said, it is so. No more delay on your promise. It has been delayed for about three and a half years. But the Lord says, I'm about to move speedily. I'm about to get inside of time. And I'm about to cause time to collapse. And it is now. And it is so. And it is suddenly. And it is happening now. Somebody shout now. just want to pray real quick I feel this for many men in this room that the Lord just 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 keeps impressing he is breaking this sense of frustration because sometimes you're trying to manifest the things that God has told you and you're trying to get to where God told you and it's just stuff doesn't work and you're trying to figure out Lord I'm trying I'm doing the best I can but if something doesn't happen I'm about to break I'm about to crumble under the pressure and some of the pressure you feel is very much internal and some of the other pressure is external you feel the pressure from the outside but you also feel the pressure from the inside and the Lord says I'm I'm getting ready to heal you of frustration even right now I'm getting ready to relieve you I'm getting ready to relieve you I'm about to revive your dreams I'm about to revive come on man I'm getting ready to revive vision in you because sometimes as men it can be very difficult for things not to work it can be very difficult for things to fail and to feel like how do I get up from here but the Lord told me to tell you today is the day of your resurrection today is the day and that which the adversary told you you could never do and would never happen for you the Lord said it was at the time when Abraham's body was dead that he believed me when he knew he couldn't he believed I would and so in the name of Jesus lift those hands men in the name of Jesus we break the weight 
we break the weight and the pressure of frustration. Be healed. Be free, man. Be free. Be free. Be free. Be free. Be free. Dream again. Believe again. Hope again. Live again. Live again. To him, tell him I'm here and I got you. Tell them they're gonna live again. Come on, if he's you got there. Power now, women of God. This is where we get our power. We push them in the back towards their purpose, and we don't let it die. You know when you get in the birthing room and the baby's in the, in the name the canal, of Jesus. You gotta push it out. So get a hold of your man of God, and I want you to pray until you feel the push. Pray until the frustration breaks. Pray until the weight breaks. Push. for strength to conceive strength to perform miracles I declare that the miracle is happening for you man of God I hear the Lord saying uh, that there's a miracle that's about to manifest for you there's some things that have not happened but the Lord says uh, that I'm about to cause your faith to arise and as I cause your faith to arise uh, then every enemy that's around you that has told you that you could not do it we declare even banks uh, that have said that you could not do it we tell them to silence we silence every accuser every negative word every naysayer and we declare that it is happening for you and that the miracle is manifesting we thank you that miracles are manifesting for this man of God this year in the name of Jesus somebody shout suddenly suddenly it's happening for him suddenly Woo! in the name of Jesus so God, we God thank even you. speaks to his daughters right now that there are some daughters some women of God that are standing here uh, that feel unseen you feel unseen you feel unheard perhaps you even feel unloved but the spirit of God says even in this atmosphere he's releasing his divine affirmation come on he's receiving that some of you would never say it some of you could never put language to it but right now you just need to feel seen you just need to feel heard you just need to feel valued and if that's you if you just say in this season I just need it because sometimes you need the courage to be who you're called to be do you know that God told Abram he told Abraham after he changed Abraham's name I need you to stop calling her Sarai and call her Sarah. Sarah. Yes. Why? Because Abraham in your mouth is the power to call her into all that she really is. Yes. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, he says that Jesus washes us with the water of the word that he might present to himself a spotless bride. So he's, he's teaching husbands that through your words, you can begin to shape and deform and to strengthen the bride that God has given to you. And so even in this moment, man, if, if, if she's there and she needs it, I want you to just speak a word of affirmation. Tell her she's enough. Tell her she's enough. Tell her she's enough. Tell her. Come on, You're go enough. ahead. Tell her. She's enough. You're, You're more enough. than enough. I believe in you. I see what's inside of you. Come on. Open your mouth. Release that. It's powerful. 
power in your words. Now come on, give God glory in this room. This is a beautiful church. One thing Satan hates is covenant. So his desire is to sift the family in the area of covenant and cause divorce. But we prophesy to this house, no more divorce. In the name of Jesus, we're gonna stick through it and we're gonna build strong houses houses of faith and I say we because we're connected we love you and we're believing God for this house and out of this house there will be many more strong families that will be birthed out of this house come on as strong as this house is this house will be this strong hallelujah so God we thank you for the covenant of marriage here we thank you God that you are continuously binding them together may your love and compassion be extended one to another they are better together and we thank you for that now in Jesus name we pray amen come on open your mouth and give God glory listen somebody said well Bishop I'm not married I'm single right now I'm not married the Bible says he puts the solitary even in the midst of families so even in this place you will not be lonely I declare that over your life now I speak that this will be the most fulfilling season of your life if you believe that somebody open up your mouth and say yes I pray for those that are dealing with extreme loneliness may the peace of God and may the favor of God be upon you come on may his hand be with you now I speak over families all over this house that you're gonna give yourself to the ministry I prophesy according to 1st Corinthians 16 that entire households are dedicating themselves to the service of ministry if you receive that come on open up your mouth come on dance and give him glory shout and give him praise come on come on open your mouth and give him glory Before you leave, we want to bless Bishop RJ and his wonderful family. It's interesting, I didn't know he was going to preach today, and Pastor Rod Parsley sent me a text yesterday, and something he said just hit home so powerfully. And you know, we don't shy away from uh, difficult subjects here. And Pastor Rod Parsley sent me this, it was a video by an atheist named Bill Maher and it says if the spike in trans children is all biological why is it regional either Ohio is shaming them or California is creating them and when he said today to train your children if you don't the state of California will. And they will not walk in their destiny, their God-given destiny and purpose. And I'm telling you, it hit me like a brick when he said it. Because the percentage of children identifying as trans are extremely multiplied in this state, percentage-wise, 
compared to every other state. If you aren't training your children in the things of God, someone else is training them in the things of this world. And I'm here to tell you, the world has an agenda. But I know something that's a powerful fact. Our Jesus has a greater agenda. Can I get a loud amen? You know, the sad thing is that was from an atheist. An atheist. I want to just take a moment because everyone lift your hands. May we train our families in the things of God. In the things of God. May we get the vision to train our children in the things of God. No school teacher, no school board, no state, no demonic agenda is going to train our children. God's word will train them. We declare it in Jesus' name. Amen. Look, I, I want to, I love to bless people when they come. Right now, there's going to be ways to give, but go to special guests. This is all going to go to Bishop RJ and his family. He's left his church on a Sunday. We love to bless people. If you're giving, if you want to give something, we're going to have ushers come by. All you have to do is put Bishop on it, put RJ, all of it. We're going to collect it. We're going to write him a check. Everything that you give is going to go to him. Special guest, if you go to cr.city slash give, you know, we're blessed going in and we're blessed going out. I want to bless the man of God. I want to bless the woman of God. Last night was powerful. Last night was powerful. And I, the young adults let me come because technically... I was told I'm not a young adult anymore, so I don't think that's true, but I'm, I'm young at heart. Come on, somebody. All right, let's just bless the Matthews. What a blessing. Stretch your hands towards them. We just bless this amazing couple. We bless this amazing family. We thank you today that Bishop preached the truth of God's word and revivals is going to happen in this church through the families. Revival is going to start in the heart, move to the house, then move to the house of God and sweep across this land. And we declare it in Jesus' name. And everyone say amen. 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 Come on, give Jesus a shout of praise. Be blessed as you give. Special guests, is that... Is that right? Special offering, special offering, special offering. So give, give. Make sure you're back here tonight at six. Hallelujah. All right, praise God. All right, God bless everybody.